Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. You can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. But head on over to supertalktv.com. You can watch good things on your computer or your mobile device. And you'll see that I've got a little extra to my wardrobe today. It's like the first time and probably only time I feel like I'm on the red carpet. And I've got security guards in here making sure that my necklace goes home with them and not with me. But joining me is Chris Wells. He's the executive director of the Mississippi Department of Environmental Quality. And James Starnes, who is the geologist with the Mississippi Department of Environmental Equality or Equality. And he's one of the geologists who found the opal in Claiborne County who they are trying or supporting legislation to make it our state's gemstone. So how cool is this, guys? Thank you for having us. I think this is exciting. Okay, Chris, I'm going to start with you. If this is the first time we've heard of MDEQ, which I know y'all go by for short, um, what is it that you guys do on a daily basis? I know it's not always finding gemstones. No, and uh, it, it, have you got an hour for me to take? <laughs> Actually, we, we do. We, 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 uh, <laughs> kind of. We, we are, uh, I, I, I think, have been a little bit of an obscure agency in the past, but we are primarily, I, I'd, I'd say, is we are the environmental protection agency of the state, but we do a wide range of things uh our office of geology that uh james works in is uh, is the state geological survey and we deal with land uh water usage um uh air pollution water pollution uh waste management uh we do uh coastal restoration work uh we're managing a, a an arpa uh grant program um I could go on and on. On and on and on. So yeah. y'all are busy. Nothing nothing different. I mean, right. never boring. A lot going on. A lot, a lot going, going on, on there. Okay, James, I feel like uh, we haven't even really gotten to talk yet, but you have a cooler job than I do. I think it would be <laughs> so much fun to be a geologist. So how do you help people understand maybe what you do there in the, in the department of MDEQ? Well, we, as as a organization under DEQ, we uh, actually go back quite a, quite a ways. Uh, we've been around since 1850, one of the oldest geological surveys in the country. And uh, we were uh, founded to characterize and document the state's natural resources. And um, uh, the, our primary work is uh, in geologic mapping. And so we go out and we map the state's geological resources. And then does that would be like what was here for a long time ago and that we're slowly using up or what's just unique to Mississippi? How do you? All of the that. above. All of the above. Um, we d- we um, look at the area's fossils. Uh, we look at the area's uh, archaeological resources. We look at uh, the, how all the different layers were put together as far as the geology is concerned. Uh, we look at uh, you know how how and where groundwater is. Uh, we we get to do all kinds of neat things. And the cool part is when you start looking at all that, you realize yes, Mississippi. She may have just celebrated her bicentennial, but technically the land's been here. A long time. Well, not only that, um, 
people have been coming here to Mississippi to study its geology uh, for uh, almost 200 years. And uh, Mississippi is a very, very special place because of the geological resources that are preserved here. Is it as different in the different quadrants or sectors of the state as the people are? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, every every corner of the state has a unique story as far as the geology is concerned. And the way the geology is kind of set up is the oldest, oldest uh, uh, rocks that we have in the state are up in the northeastern part of the state. If you've ever been up to Tishomingo County, especially Tishomingo State Park, you're almost in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, and you know what kind of a different world that is. If you go uh, to central Mississippi, uh, where the Red Hills are, you know what kind of a different world that is. Uh, the Delta uh, in, its, uh, in its farmland, uh, the Black Prairie region, all the way down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, it, it's very, very unique, no matter where you go. Well, you went to Claiborne County. When mm-hmm. did you go there? Uh, we've been mapping the Western Bluff Line and the Delta region here more recently, uh, probably over the last two decades. And uh, it's a very, very interesting area, something we really don't uh, really well understand. And that's why we work in these areas that really, really need to uh, have, have better attention paid to them so we can better understand them. So what was going on? Just routine geological survey. And then you saw something sparkling. Yes, it's kind of. I assume <laughs> that's how it happened. I mean, I wasn't ex- there. That's actually exactly how it happened. Um, we were out in the field one day, and uh, the, how we get how we get our data is uh, we have a corn sample library, and uh, we have um, uh, our literature, and uh, we kind of get a little bit of background on on what we might be looking at, and we put all these uh, tools together to uh, come up with a kind of a, a geological model of the area, and then we go out and we field check that model, and you know see what's there, and and uh, take photographs and take samples, and uh, we were out doing just that, and so certainly something something sparkled there, and it was uh, uh, quite amazing, actually. I would assume if you've been doing this for how long, James? Uh, well, I'm going to say it's not I'm, a new hobby you picked up last week. <laughs> it's something I've been doing all my life. I've been uh, interested in geology since I was a kid, and you know, just never grew up, and it's just something I've always been interested in. How often, since you're out in the field all the time, do you come across something that you go, oh? I don't know what that is. Uh, in Mississippi, it happens every day. Really? Yes, okay. yes. We yeah. are always finding something new every time we're out. It's uh, The geology of the state is a little bit different than going out west. You know, you, you go out west and you can drive and you can look at the geology, you know, right on the roadside here. Uh, in Mississippi, everything's covered in grass and trees, and so the, the geology is very well obscured. Uh, but every time we uh, get a new window into uh, the geology, we learn something new, whether it's a new fossil, whether it's a new rock, whether it's a new um, uh, thing about uh, uh, the, the, the timing of things. And, and, you know, and of course, this opal, uh, you know, that was that was kind of a, a big surprise. So you picked it up. Now you're going to hold it up. So if you're looking at supertalktv.com, you'll see James holding up what that's what comes out of the ground. Right. So that mm-hmm. is what you found. That is, that is the raw stone there. And it is in a sandstone. Uh, and it is in the Catahoula Formation of Claiborne County. So was it just sort of uncovered, or did you have to dig for it? Like was uh, it, it was on the surface. It was just just laying there on the surface. <laughs> exactly. Just probably, how, how long do you think it's been there? Uh, the formation was formed about twenty million years ago, but so the yesterday. erosion, yeah, <laughs> but the erosion that created the hills in the area happened uh, during the last ice age. So it was exposed within the last ice age. So what did you do next? 
Oh gosh. Um, well, we <laughs> call Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 ended up bringing a bunch of samples back, and uh, we ended up writing, uh, publishing the geological map on it. Uh, we ended up talking to uh, some of the landowners in the area. Uh, it ended up being found on a couple of the other landowners' uh, properties. Did they already have? Because you feel like if it's been if it's landowners, then maybe mm-hmm. their kids or somebody out exploring has found fun rocks, and they've kept them within the family, but didn't realize that they were something really special. I mean, did they know, like, oh, yeah, we've seen that before? No, no, they had never seen oh. it before. So this really was kind of like a, <laughs> a well-kept sort of secret out there. It is, it is. In uh, in Claiborne County, uh, much like the rest of the bluff line, it's it's uh, pretty aggressive territory. The the hills and the hollows and, um, you know, they're... Um, there, there, there are lots of uh, places where rocks can hide. So when you get it back to the lab, I assume you have a lab. I mean, what are you looking for? What do you do? You know immediately it's an opal. I don't. I, we really knew immediately that it was an How opal. How did you know that? Because no other stone, um, no other stone has this kind of play of colors. And it's beautiful. It is. It's it's uh, it's one of even the most, in its raw state. That's right. It's, it's one of the most unique gemstones, uh, precious gemstones in the world. Most uh, gemstones. Um, are, are colored stones, which means that they're they're you know they're they're uh, uh, you know rubies are red and and then you know sapphires are are, are are you know darker blue or amethyst is purple. This stone changes colors as you look at it. As you turn the stone, it changes uh, all kinds of different colors. Like of the a rainbow. moon ring. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's the original moon ring. Now, um, so okay. Well. Like when you know that, and then you take it back, is there things that you have to do to it, or I mean, well, what's if that? you can see, we, we if you can see, we keep it in water. Yeah, uh, opal is can... opal is hydrosilica. It is uh, it, common opal, which doesn't have that play of colors, is actually one of the more common things that can be uh, found in the sedimentary rock record as far as rocks. But uh, the play of colors, though, is, is is incredibly unique. It's rarer than diamonds, and um, what we ended up doing is is we can have the play of colors of precious opal, but is it gem quality? So uh, we uh, approached uh, one of our big advocacy groups, which is the Mississippi Gem and Mineral Society, and uh, they went ahead. They've got artisans. Uh, they actually have a lapidary school where they cut stones and they teach people how to cut stones and, and wrap stones and make jewelry and things like that. But they're also big. They're big fossil collectors and rock collectors and a lot of the things that uh, that, that 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 are new to us uh, are found by them when doing their their normal um, uh, you know their their normal field so work. you got to call them and say hey boys yeah, girls we, i got yeah. some for you <laughs> so they were able to cut some samples for us uh and uh they they ended up staying stable and they were they're they're beautiful they they so they can they can uh, remain out of water and they 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 cut and polish nicely and they are absolutely precious uh gym quality stones. is that what did someone make what i'm wearing today yes one of those individuals, yes. which is absolutely beautiful. Okay, right, we've got way more to talk about because I know you guys are also supporting, MDEQ is supporting the legislation into making this our state um, gemstone. So we get to that and more coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. things you can watch us on your computer or your mobile device just head on over to supertalktv.com again if you do that you'll get to see i got a beautiful necklace on today as well as our guests have brought in some examples of the mississippi opal which they are supporting legislation to make that hopefully our state's um gemstone which i didn't realize our state didn't have a gemstone does every state have a gemstone james uh most do uh, but not not every state. Um, and being a coastal plain state, which means that we don't have um, uh, igneous and metamorphic rocks like more mountainous areas do, uh, having a gemstone in the state, a precious gemstone in the state, is actually quite unusual. Which just makes it even cooler. Yeah. Okay, Chris, you named off so many things that MDEQ does on a daily basis in terms of environmental quality. It's not every day you get a call from one of your workers and it's like, hey, I found something precious. That's right. So how did that all sort of come about? Well, it it was brought to my attention uh, relatively recently. Uh, James and I were having a conversation about just what y'all were just talking about, that that Mississippi doesn't have uh, a state gemstone designated, that we're one of just a couple of states that don't have one. Um, And, you know, that kind of thing can – just having uh, the the designation then opens up so many other things from education to tourism opportunities and just getting people interested in that diverse geology that we have that James uh, uh, spoke about earlier and is is so much more familiar with than I am. But um, it's just a it's it's one of those rare situations where we have an opportunity to sort of contribute to the to the. To the lore of the state, if you will. I think so, and it breeds interest. It gives for conversation. And then I'm assuming other colleagues of yours, James from around, would want to come and sort of be interested in what's going on here in Mississippi, sort of around it. For it to be, I guess, a precious gemstone, would that mean that maybe, or are states, that other states don't are, are less likely to have an opal? Or in Mississippi is just right for the conditions to have, like, I guess, a... A spot for them we really this is opal is one of the most unusual stones and the fact that we just don't understand what it takes for the the for the the actual situation for it to uh be precious opal um this is something that has been studied by scientists and geochemists for a long time and uh we you know if we could recreate this in a lab if we could recreate this you know uh and go out and, and find you know where this thing happens in nature you know it would be great because then we could kind of predict you know where the next find will be opal doesn't work that way there's a lot we don't know about how it forms kind of like mississippi (laughs) (laughs) that is the perfect gemstone for us okay so how does one even go about it i mean you found it that's one thing that's really cool but what are the processes of making it the official state gemstone Okay, it has to be um, it has to be uh, approved by the state legislature as a as a state law uh, to be to be designated. We already have a state fossil. Uh, the state fossil is the fossil whale, and it is uh, an Eocene uh, 
uh, age whale. Uh, these are these are these are ancient ancient I animals. I would have failed that. I would have <laughs> failed that pop quiz. You wouldn't think you wouldn't think whales necessarily with yeah, Mississippi. But, he, but these are these are things that uh, you know students are going to learn uh, in their physical science classrooms about their state, and we're hoping to add that. I to slept that. through that day. <laughs> Although I do think I have seen it at the Natural Science Museum, mm-hmm. and I, maybe I knew that a little bit more. And I know our connection with sloths, which I think is really interesting as well from the, the Natural Science Museum. But this is cool stuff. This is stuff to also take sort of pride in. So there's probably, is there anybody that's opposed to this type of legislation? I would say I would think so. We, we, we have not run into any yeah. any any opposition whatsoever. I mean, I, everything seems everybody seems to be fascinated with it. You know, on our text line, we did uh, get asked, would there be like a viable commercial market for opals in Mississippi? But then you think if it's a precious gemstone and then it's our state, is there any protection like with historic sites or anything like that? No, um, it, it it's it's going to be a natural resource, just like uh, our our one of the things that we do as far as the survey is concerned is we go uh, we go find where these natural resources are and we document them, whether it be sand sand and gravel resources that will be used for road and construction, uh, limestone that can be used for agriculture, um, clays that can be used for ceramics and things like that. And this would be another one of those types of resources. It's going to be up to the landowners to decide what they want to do with it when they do find it on the property. Because I would think, you know, Chris, from an environmental quality standpoint, I mean, we wouldn't want, like, the wild, wild west, everybody rushing, and because it's private property, number one, so be mindful of that, but you wouldn't want folks rushing in to try to dig it up and then sell it. Well, and I'll put it in terms maybe um, people might be more familiar with oil exploration. You know, the the idea that that oil may be in the ground. Uh, We know uh, the types of geological formations that that may be um, prone to have certain resources, whether it be an opal stone or or oil or natural gas or whatever it may be. Our folks in, in, in our Office of Geology, as, as James just alluded to, their job is to sort of map that, um, to, to, to make a public record, if you will, of what's there and what we believe is there. This stone was found in Claiborne County, but the formation that it might, that, that the opal may exist in is, is located in more than just that one county. And so, we map the resource and then, and then, uh, other processes take, take, uh, take over from that from that standpoint if there was a market and to the extent that there is a market for uh, precious opal um, the the our records will show folks that might be interested in exploring that uh, where they might could find it and then they would have to get landowner permissions and mineral mineral rights and all of those different things that go along with that yeah i think folks right now who have mineral rights to land they're starting to wonder like (laughs) what does this look like how do i go find it it may have looked over it over the years or whatever uh it may be in that in that is there a a type of terrain you mentioned claiborne county was kind of a rougher terrain you're are you less likely james to find this like on the sandy beaches of the gulf coast versus where you guys found it or is there a chance that it could be in anybody's backyard. Well, there's a specific formation that this material is occurring in, and it is the Catahoula Formation. And uh, this this formation outcrops. Um, I've got a little geological map here I can hold up. Yeah. Okay. The geological map here. Uh, it's kind of in a peach color through here, mm-hmm. and it covers the counties of Claiborne, Capaya, C- 
Covington, Hines, Jasper, Jones, Rankins, uh, Simpson, Smith, Warren, and Wayne counties. So everybody uh, just ditched good things. They went got their pitchforks <laughs> and they're headed to the backyard. <laughs> but hopefully, what this find will do is get people interested in in you know what is in their own backyards, and you know hopefully other discoveries you know um, maybe of different magnitude can you know can be found. If they do find it, James, I mean it's not like a lottery ticket just yet, yeah. right? But what do they do with it? Well, we we, we, we <laughs> I wouldn't know, wouldn't know what to do with it after I found it. I we'd, we'd like, bed. Yeah, we'd like to know about it, you know, just for the understanding of the geology of the state. But uh, you know, like I said, once once we find things and once we document them, it, it is up to the public to do with what you know. With the, with the so world. the beautiful necklace that I'm getting to wear that has a great big oval uh, opals. I want to mm-hmm. say it was an oval, but it's an oval opal um, on it. Um, what would they would they consider it a I guess gemstone worthy of somebody wanting to purchase like buy it like I mean would, would they want it to be able to turn it into jewelry to then sell it that's what I'm trying to say take the raw product purchase the raw product for them to be able to create something out of it I, I imagine that something like that may happen on a small scale we just don't know how much of this material is here and then that's kind of sad too you would hate to know that it all got um, you know excavated and then no no more Mississippi opal. But then I supply and demand. Just yeah. like, not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is the uh, October uh, birthstone, as I appreciate it. So it's 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 uh, it's known out there already. You know, the 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 opal itself, the the existence of it, and the the value of it from that standpoint. Well, I think it's exciting, and there's a lot of folks who are interested in it, obviously, on the text line and all, and I can't see why we wouldn't want to have pride in having a gemstone that's associated sort of with our state. A lot of thought went into the naming of it. Huh, James? Did you do that all by yourself? <laughs> <laughs> or was that Jan? That was Jan. <laughs> Definitely picking. <laughs> are there other opals that would have different characteristics, like I know with diamonds or something, you know, or is it just the opal and then we named it the Mississippi this, opal? The Mississippi opal is a unique type of opal uh it's a uh, what we call a matrix opal it's in it's in a sandstone but the uh types of fire that it does contain it's called a, a like a sheet fire so it, it looks like sheets of color throughout the stone as you move it uh ethiopian opal uh has a different type of very very unique fire that's one of the big opal producers and australian opal uh kind of runs the gamut but that's so some of the most expensive opals come out of australia and in but the different regions that opal is produced out of australia you know people People na- have named them for their regions because uh, they're they're so unique. But Mississippi opal is, is definitely a, a unique stone. You're not gonna you're not gonna um, uh, mistake it for another type of opal. So an opal collector would want it. It wouldn't just be one in the same if they were going around the world collecting opals. I can't tell you how many people, especially opal collectors and people interested in opal, were interested in it and have been interested in it since we found it. So don't leave us yet to go dig in your backyard. I want to mm-hmm. keep James around and ask about fostering this kind of uh, curiosity in our kiddos coming up next. All right, thanks.
Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can watch us. We're on computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. We're continuing our conversation with Chris Wells. He's the executive director of the Mississippi Department of Environmental Quality, along with James Starnes, geologist, the coolest one ever, in my opinion, for MDEQ. He found what we hope to be the Mississippi Opal officially. Well, even if it does, if the legislation happens to not pass, which we're all going to cross our fingers, I can't see a reason why it wouldn't be a good thing. Will it stay named the Mississippi Opal? Opal, do y'all get to do that we, if you found it? We will, we will always refer to it as the Mississippi, Mississippi. Opal. All yes. right. Well, you got to toot your own horn, or we'll toot it for you, because I found out during the break, thanks to Rhino, that your James, the well fossil that you dug up, is on display at the National Museum of Japan. And, and it was right here in that, Mississippi. That's right. And a copy of it is hanging from the ceiling at the Natural Science Museum in Jackson. That's mm-hmm. pretty darn cool. Okay, I want to talk about the fostering kids' um, interest in all of this, because I've shared that I've got uh, my... My oldest is very into rocks, even Christmas. Santa brought her a rock tumbler. It sounds like a, uh, a dryer going on in my um, in my garage right now, which I think is really cool. How important is it for parents, I guess, to give them the opportunity to be curious about rocks and dirt and all the things? Oh, it's essential. I mean, kids naturally have a curiosity about the world around them. Uh, any any parent knows that they set their kids out on the on the playground and they come back with a, a pocket full of rocks that uh, you know they've they've got that bug. And what we're trying to do is foster that bug. And uh, the, the actual this this uh, this this push to have the state gemstone kind of kind of goes back a little bit of a couple of years. Uh, we worked with Yinan Wang. Uh, it's a, a friend of mine. Uh, he he. Um, uh, authors children's books about geology and various aspects of, of geology and uh, we worked on a very very small part uh, of that book called uh, 50 states uh, gems and minerals from each state and uh, each geological survey was was supposed to you know let let put a little bit about what the uh, uh, state gemstone the official state gemstone and the official state mineral is for each state and if we didn't have one we we would want to nominate one you know for the purposes of the book and uh, well, we decided to take that a little bit one step further, and uh, you know, we, we we've got one. You know, yeah. might as well might as well go ahead and, and put that out there. But uh, no, having you know, having something uh, like this where the kids were you know would would possibly go out and find something similar themselves, uh, you know, would would have them. Um, you know, uh, it would foster that interest. That's really what we're trying to do. And I know on your website there's an opportunity to ask a geologist mm-hmm. also at the Natural Science Museum and then the upcoming Gem and Mineral show that comes through. You guys will take things that folks, they don't have to be kids, it can be grown-ups who mm-hmm. like to get out there and find things too. Uh, my daughter's actually brought something uh, to the Natural Science Museum and showed a geologist, and they were able to tell her what it was. You're going to ask me, I can't remember off the top of my head. It wasn't an opal. Um, but But you still have that, so so what, how does that work? How can folks uh, tap in to ask a geologist? 
Well, they can go uh, on the uh, MDEQ website. We have a portal there that is called Ask a Geologist. And uh, we, we answer a lot of questions uh, uh, through there. But we also ask answer a lot of questions online, online forums. People send us emails all the time. Uh, we've also got the Fossil Road Show, which is happening at the museum on March 4th from 10 to 3 at the Museum of, of, of Natural Science. Uh, it's going to be myself, uh, several other geologists from the state, uh, as well as the several geologists from the universities. And people bring their finds in, and we get to we get to see what they're collecting. And you know, uh, a lot of times it's uh, you know things we've seen before, but uh, every year somebody brings in in their little box of rocks something we've never seen before. Well, you also mentioned James that like my daughter out digging up before well, at ten, but was a little bit younger. I mean, she would go out and spend hours with a little shovel in the gravel driveway, and just in her mind, her imagination, it was dinosaur bones, and it was I mean all these sort of things. Whether it was or wasn't, she just created this entire world in a little you know cup for but you said there really could be some cool stuff in there oh uh, well yeah uh we have a um um a a, a book out there called Rocks and Fossils from Mississippi Gravel. Most people's um, uh, first uh, introduction to uh, fossil collecting in the state is from uh, gravel fossils, you know, things they find on a playground, things they find in gravel driveways and stuff like that. Uh, those fossils are ancient, and I, I do mean really, really ancient. They're, they're older than the days of the dinosaurs. They're actually marine fossils from a time called the Paleozoic, so they're, they're several hundred million years old. So when kids bring me these fossils and they're like, well, I, you know, I found this. Is this a is this a dinosaur seashell or something like that? And it's like, no, that's that's even older than a dinosaur, and they, they, you should see the look in their yeah. eyes. But um, you know, uh, we kind of want to foster that uh, that interest in people in in our and our not just uh, you know our our uh, our natural history. You mentioned James. You guys were at MDEQ, the first mm-hmm. of our generation, or I guess era, to find the Mississippi opal. But we certainly weren't the first ever to sort of look for it. How far like- back? Likely not. Likely yeah. not. Um, one of the things that we do, uh, we also study uh, the archeolo- some of the archaeological resources, and that basically is, is uh, uh, geology is uh, man's relationship with his environment. Uh, and this goes back to uh, the, the first peopling of Mississippi, going back to the Native American inhabitants and uh, they how they used the rock resources. Um, that's one of the things we do study. We do study trade routes and things like that and how, uh, you know, what, what they were using the rocks for. We know that they were using the Catahoula Quartzite in the same area that the opal was found. So chances are that it is very, very possible that they were the first people to actually find this material. When was the first people who like found raw material and made it into something beautiful right because it has to be polished and sort of or can you find polished rubies and emeralds and all that already out there that the work that the that the earth did Does well that make sense? um there most of the um most of the the gemstones that are out there actually have a mineral or a crystal form okay and those crystal shapes are going to be um, uh, related to the chemistry of that that mineral like a quartz crystal is going to have different shapes. when people bring us quartz crystals and things like that did somebody cut that and i was like no that's naturally how it grows uh, opal's a little different. Uh, opal's kind of a, a free-form type uh, um, a mineral, and so it has to be cut. It, you know, it, it's, it's going to look like a regular rock with flashes. Uh, but uh, other things like diamonds, they're going to have a certain shape. Quartz is going to have a certain shape, things like that. But uh, in Mississippi, um, you know, our, our inhabitants of Mississippi have been shaping and polishing stones for, for thousands of years. 
the poverty point culture, uh, which dates to the uh, late archaic, we're, we're talking, you know, uh, several thousand years ago. Uh, they were some of the um, the first in North America to make beautiful, beautiful um, materials, rock materials. They were able to uh, peck and grind and make uh, uh, amulets and, and all kinds of different things, uh, statues and, and all kinds of just, just wonderful, wonderful things. There was a lapidary industry in this state where they were taking, you know, just regular old gravel rock and uh, and turning it into beautiful, beautiful ornaments. Is there a stone you have not found or discovered yet in Mississippi that you're still holding out for? Ah, oh, gosh. Um, check Opal off your list. We can check Opal. Well, being a, a precious gemstone in this coastal plain was surprising to us to begin with. Uh, most of what we're looking for uh, is is something fossil-related uh, that's going to tell us, you know, some story about the geological history because that's kind of we, – we use the fossils as tools to kind of unlock the geology and the geological history. Don't have a whole lot of minerals as far as this kind of stuff. So, uh, When did you find your first dinosaur? Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's not a question I get to ask everybody. Yeah. Uh, my first dinosaur age fossil I actually collected as a, as a, as a, as a very young child uh, growing up in San Antonio, Texas, which is about the same age rock that we have up in northeast Mississippi. But my first dinosaur, dinosaur, uh, I found when I was with uh, George Phillips at the Natural Science Museum. He's the, currently the, uh, the, the curator of paleontology there. And we're working the Utah Formation, and I found a, um, a drone which Velociraptor is related to. I ended up finding a tooth of one of those animals. Is, is it like in the movie? Do y'all pop champagne and get really excited and then go to work digging? Uh Kind of. We all get excited. That's for oh, certain. Man, there needs to be <laughs> but, but it's usually we only got so much time. Go back to digging. I, go back to I know, but it's just so much fun because if for longtime listeners, everyone knows that Rhino's job that he wanted to be growing up was a paleontologist. And I feel like you know, if things would have went different, y'all would have been maybe you're, you you would have been switched. You'd have been back there running the board, and Rhino would be here talking about the opal, but probably not. But I think it's cool. I think kids also need to know that these type of jobs and opportunities are are still out there. So how do we get connected? And, Chris, how do we get connected to NDEQ and keep everybody well, interested? I, I'm, you talk about jobs, and I think if, if nothing else comes out of this, that the opportunity to expose folks, and particularly young folks, to this type of thing and the fact that people do this job. I love my job, okay? I wish I loved my job half as much as James loves his. And, 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 and it just tells you uh, – it, it speaks volumes – to just uh, how much fun they have doing the things that they do. But we have uh, I, we have a website, mdeq.ms.gov. Uh, uh, we, we're on social media, Twitter, Facebook. I um, encourage everybody to follow us. And, uh, and the, the Gems and Minerals show is when? Uh, the Gems and Minerals show is uh, February 25th and 26th of the Trademark, and the Fossil Road show is March 4th uh, at the Museum of Natural Science. Go out, find James, tell him you heard him on good things, bring him an opal. He'd be really <laughs> excited or something else. This is really cool. We'll keep up with the legislation and hoping that it gets uh, supported. It's got my support, but y'all stick with us. we got more coming up next.
Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to Earth, Third Rock from the Sun. Jeff, caught your music. Long live rock. Right after that great conversation. If you missed it about the Mississippi Opal, man, you got to go back to Super Talks YouTube coming up in a few hours. Or you can catch good things in podcast form. You can also subscribe to Super Talk Mississippi's News This Week in Mississippi newsletter, and you'll get the news stories you need to know from the most powerful name in Mississippi news delivered to your email inbox. To sign up for free, you can go to supertalk.fm slash newsletter. And just to give you a little teaser, country music superstar Morgan Wallen, he's coming to Oxford. And Super Talk Mississippi is going to give you an opportunity to win tickets. It's not today, so hang tight. It's starting Wednesday of next week. You're going to find out how you can win. This Morgan Wallen ticket giveaway is brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughter Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. And if your business would like to take part in this incredible promotion, contact our local Super Talk Mississippi media sales rep to find out more. You can email us at sales at supertalk.fm. So a lot of good things coming up over the next um, couple of weeks here. Something coming up, I think, Saturday night, which I got tickled. I actually emailed Brian Hayden dad of sports talk which is coming up next because the headline of the email i received was mississippi wwe mississippi is the state most excited for the royal rumble number one why are we doing why 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 is this a scientific study why are we sort of figuring this out and i forwarded it to brian and with a little smiley face and his reply back was simply our watch party is set for saturday night so there you go. So if you are a WWE, I guess, fan, you help make up the many who find it exciting here in Mississippi. And we are the state most excited about the Royal Rumble 2023. I don't even know what that is other than it's wrestling and Brian likes it. And so and he's kind of like a lone wolf on it, at least in the realm of sports talk. And so I thought he'd be interested. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I I haven't watched wrestling off and on since I was a wee lad. But the the deal with the Royal Rumble, it's one of the premier events. It's one of the big pay-per-views. But with wrestling, you have a storyline that goes on throughout the week and at house shows and stuff where the, the different wrestlers have their rivalries and they have their their bits to play and then you have the pay-per-views where all the really impactful stuff happens all the big matches happen and usually it's about one pay-per-view per month pretty cool all right well saturday night's the big night here in mississippi let's keep it going let's keep this stay this top state that gets excited um about that hey i was super excited about the mississippi opal and the idea that our state may finally have a gemstone didn't even know that was a thing we were supposed to have and didn't have it uh you know and i i don't you know other than the fact that it's it's really cool but to me it's just the getting out of all of the i guess 
garbage that fills airways all the time or the yeah, yeah, this, the yeah, yeah, we're so divide. Like if you actually took time to get into nature and and understand just what how cool our, our earth is and like the things around us and take your mind off of just all the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's so many still neat things to learn and be interested in and discover and then conversate about um, that I think, you know, to me, that's refreshing that there's something new that can still be found. And it's really easy to forget that every step you take, that's not, I mean, even if it is over something paved or concrete in a parking lot or a sidewalk, everything under your foot is history, stacked on top of history, stacked on top of more history. And we forget that sometimes. We take for granted that we are just, well, sometimes I think we just take nature completely from granted and that, you know, even though we're higher up on the, I guess, the pecking order, it's still ours to sort of take care of and, but still learn from and be in awe of and recognize that you didn't create that. Like you may, you know, your mama told you you were special, but you ain't that special. You didn't create the Mississippi Opal. And so somebody, something or whatever else did. And to know that there's something bigger out there that's got, um, you know, beauty in mind. You know, it can't, it's not accidental. And that too, that humans from the very beginning, talking about the ancient times of, um, all the people that walked before, including the Indians, also, we all recognized beauty. Like, it's a human sort of instinct to see something shiny and be in awe of it and then understand that it has value and to be able to want it and to sort of keep it. Now, you can go in the other direction with that with greed and all the other things. But, you you know, but that's nature. Like, that's just nature in its entirety is, is to be enjoyed and to be respected and to to be explored. I think we could all use a little more of that. And there's always been that weird balance of how much can nature influence us or impact us, whether it be a rock slide or a hurricane or a tornado, versus how we can control nature, like he was talking about. The, even the earliest settlers in Poverty Point, at least that's as early as we found, they were taking nature and shaping it into things that they wanted it to be. To, to take a little bit of that control back from nature. Right. But at the same time, as much as we want, we get down to predicting the weather, we can't control it. I don't think we'll ever get to that point. I don't think we're supposed to. All right. You can control where you go next, so don't go anywhere. Stick with us. you got more coming up next with the boys with Sports Salt Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.